Welcome to the JFROG Second Quarter Fiscal 2021 Financial Results Conference Call. My name is Jenny. I'll be your operator for today's call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question and answer session. During the question and answer session, if you have a question, please press star then 1 on your touchtone phone. I will now turn the call over to Joanne Horn from Investor Relations Team. You may begin. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us as we review JFROG's Fiscal 21 second quarter financial results, which were announced following the market close via a press release earlier today. Joining us will be JFROG's CEO and co-founder, Shomi Benheim, and Jacob Shulman, JFROG's CFO. Before we begin, let me review the safe harbor statement. During this call, we may make statements related to our business that are forward-looking under federal securities laws and are made pursuant to the safe harbor provisions of the Private Securities Litigation Reform Act of 1995, including statements related to our future financial performance, including our outlook for the third quarter and full year of 2021. The words anticipate, believe, continue, estimate, expect, intend, will, and similar expressions are intended to identify forward-looking statements or several indications of future expectations. Your caution not to place undue reliance on these forward-looking statements, which reflect our views only as of today and not as of any subsequent date. Please keep in mind that we are not obligating ourselves to revise or publicly release the results of any revision to these forward-looking statements in light of new information or future events. These statements are subject to a variety of risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially from expectations. For a discussion of material risks and other important factors that could affect our actual results, please refer to our Form 10-K for the year ended December 31st, 2020, filed with the SEC on February 12, 2021, and our Form 10-Q for the quarter ended March 31, 2021, filed with the SEC on May 7, 2021, which are available on the Investor Relations section of our website and the earnings press release issued earlier today. Additional information will be made available in our quarterly report on Form 10-Q for the quarter ended June 30, 2021, and other filings and reports that we may file from time to time with the SEC. Additionally, non-GAAP financial measures will be discussed on this conference call. These non-GAAP financial measures, which are used as measures of JFROG's performance, should be considered in addition to, not as a substitute for, in isolation from, GAAP measures. Please refer to the tables in our earnings release for reconciliation of these measures to their most directly comparable GAAP financial measures. A replay of this call will be available on the JFROG Investor Relations website for a limited time. And with that, I'd like to turn the call over to JFROG CEO, Shlomi Benheim. Shlomi? Thank you, Joanne. Greetings from the swamp, and thanks for joining us for JFROG's 2021 second quarter earnings call. The past quarter was very productive for us. And before we start, I want to express my special thanks to JFROG's employees for strong deliveries on all fronts. In today's calls, I would like to cover not wealthy items, that will help to set the future of JFROG and the world of DevOps. First, I want to address the overall performance of the business in Q2. Then, I want to highlight some recent customers' wins, including some from our expanding strategic sales team. I will also talk about our recent acquisition of Vidu, a leading security platform creator. I want to inform you about innovative product releases we announced at Swampa our annual user conference. I will also address the recent hiring 
of our new Executive Vice President of Product and Engineering. These are all indicators of solid future for JFOG, beginning with the second half of the year and investment we are making on all fronts in order to fulfill our vision of becoming the company behind all software updates, the company that makes software liquid. Let's start. We brought the world groundbreaking innovation in Q2. We delivered on unique product investments and we extended our partner ecosystem, hosted a successful virtual annual DevOps community event for thousands of attendees and held a sold out in-person event in Tel Aviv at DevOps industry first since the pandemic began. These events and milestones have a single mission, to make every software creator successful by providing the best solution to release fast and secure software continuously. The future is clear. There will be more software. Software needs to be updated. Updates can be only achieved with binary management, deployment, and automation for a fearless fast flow. Leap by leap, JFrog is making this vision a reality. Now let me share our 2021 second quarter results with you. I'm pleased to report that JFrog's revenue climbed to $48.7 million, a growth of 34% over the same period last year. While our delivery is aligned with our commitment to the market, we continue to invest in the company's solid growth and will soon pass a key milestone crossing $50 million revenue per quarter. Cloud revenue continues to grow in Q2 with a 47% increase year over year and now represent 24% of our total revenue compared to 21% in the previous year. Also, in Q2, we achieved a record quarterly free cash flow of $18 million. Our expanding strategic sales team, which has now more than doubled as a result of the acquisition of Vidu, continues to be successful in growing the business across our top-tier accounts with large customers moving to our multi-product end-to-end platform subscriptions. JFOG Distribution Solution continues to be the primary reason that our customers upgrade to Enterprise Plus our high subscription level. For example, one of the world's leading telecommunication providers recently used JFOG Distribution to complete its nationwide 5G rollout to millions of customers by pushing software to their 5G edge locations. In addition, a leading video game developer with multiple global data centers chose to upgrade to JFOG Enterprise Plus subscription to overcome bandwidth and network lag by using our distribution capabilities. Having been an artifactory-only customer in the past, this company also now uses X-Ray to scan and secure software packages before they are delivered into production. These examples are only the tip of the iceberg, and I look forward to more success on the strategic sales front. On that note, I would like to turn to security. With data breaches and supply chains attacked on the rise, security remains a top priority for organizations of all sizes. To deliver maximum value to our customers, we now include JFrog security solution, JFrog X-Ray, in all subscriptions starting from ProX. We are also pleased to see X-Ray use cases coming from many different industries. For example, 
a global cloud storage service company with over 500 million users, added X-ray to monitor and enforce security policies around third-party and open-source license compliance. But security isn't just about vulnerabilities. It's about protecting the entire DevOps lifecycle. An example is a multinational financial service company, which is now the largest X-ray customer. This customer is now using the combined power of Artifactory and X-ray to control, secure, and validate all of the third parties, binaries that enter the organization, that are hosted in Artifactory, and ultimately get to production environment that support the tens of millions of customers. These are just two of many more use cases that we are seeing the showcase customers' needs to have security capabilities fully integrated into the software lifecycle and runtime environment. To that end, we recently announced that we completed the acquisition of Vidu, a product security company. We believe the joint team of X-Ray and Vidu, along with the integrated technology solutions, will drive JFOG's next big leap forward in SecOps with an approach that looks at not just software composition, but also software configuration and environmental factors. This solution will also discover zero-day vulnerabilities and will secure the binaries beyond the DevOps pipeline all the way to the device. X-Ray has long provided security scanning for developers, and the joint solutions will build on these strong foundations to expand JFOG's reach into operation and security engineering team. Just a few days ago, JFOG security researchers identified and analyzed several malicious Python packages they have discovered on the PyPy public registry. These software packages contain vulnerabilities aimed at stealing users' credit card numbers, these call tokens, and granting code execution capabilities to attackers. The public Python software package registry has removed several packages this week as a result. The power of Vidu's scanning technology and team of expert researchers as part of JFOG is already amplifying the value of this merger, showing how software developers and users all over the world can be protected by a real end-to-end binary-first security solution. As another example of how Vidu's advanced security technology and JFOG's end-to-end DevOps platform could deliver value to our customers, we only need to look at the recent Kaseya supply chain attack. This attack was similar to the SolarWinds hack, where vulnerability was exploited in the software of service providers, which has been utilized by the provider's customers. This affected thousands of the customers in a ransomware attack. This again only emphasized the need to scan, vet, and secure third-party software binaries before any download or deployment process. With JFOG and Vidu's unique technology, JFOG Artifactory will store and manage the binaries being released, and JFOG X-Ray, fortified with Vidu's technology, will enable the detection of unknown vulnerabilities. This allows software consumers, as well as their customers, to fully understand any risk and ensure the security hygiene of the products and the devices they rely on. I'm excited 
by the progress that JFROG and P2 teams are already making. We have added nearly 80 security experts globally across engineering, sales, marketing, and other functions to the JFROG team. Vidul CEO Nati Davidi and Asaf Karaf, Vidul CTO, are now co-members of our leadership team and will be leading the combined security R&D group. The two teams, Vidu and JFROG, have started to work on merging products and expect the rollout of the first set of solutions as part of the JFROG platform in 2022. Now on to our cloud business. Cloud growth was slightly slower as we saw some of our highest users' customers take steps to consolidate their accounts, implementing a more strategic approach to the cloud usage. We are currently reaching new agreements with many of these customers, which include usage scaling and expect to see return to a higher cloud growth in the future quarter. We are confident there is a path to gaining even more momentum in the second half of the year through our partnership with the major cloud providers, AWS, Microsoft Azure, and Google Cloud, with new offerings in their marketplaces and expanding into strategic co-selling and co-marketing opportunities. This past quarter, we already won several big deals through these partnerships, including the leading point-of-sale software provider for retail and the leading American cloud data services company. We have also made new cloud marketplace offerings available in support of our strategy to meet customers where they are working. For example, Google Cloud Marketplace customers can now quickly and easily provision the JFOG platform with full Enterprise Plus subscription capabilities in just a few clicks. On AWS, we're providing a 30-day free trial for cloud enterprise subscription on their marketplace, allowing users to try out our enterprise offerings prior to making a purchase. This is an added option to drive top-of-funnel activities. Now, a little about the competition. In Q2, we continue to see JFOG displacing legacy competitors with a unified, scalable platform. One example of moving to JFOG includes an Indian multinational information technology leader that provides business consulting, information technology, and outsourcing services. This is due to the need for scale and the need to manage binaries across multi-site apologies and keep artifacts in sync between remote development sites. Their existing solution did not allow them to build and deploy in multiple regions and support a hybrid model of both on-prem and cloud. Another example is a European car manufacturer which adopted JFOG to centralize their binary management and security, as their existing competitive solution could not meet the broad requirements, a unified platform, license compliance, and a universal technology support. These customers' examples highlight how an integrated, hybrid, universal, end-to-end -end platform can drive businesses' outcomes and serve as critical competitive differentiators. Now, to some DevOps community event highlights. At the end of May, we held regionally focused three-day virtual annual user conferences and DevOps community events for JFOG Swamp Up 2021. We revealed to thousands of attendees and millions of global developers several significant sets of groundbreaking technology and new capabilities to support enterprise scalability 
binary management, security, software distribution, project management, and developer ecosystem integration. This includes the all-new private distribution network, a groundbreaking innovation that accelerates software package distribution by multiple orders of magnitude to speed up deployment and concurrent downloads across large-scale environments, spanning hybrid infrastructure, edges, and IoT devices. We also announced federated repositories, a new capability of JPOG Artifactory, which addresses the challenge of managing binaries across multi-site apologies and keeping artifacts in sync between remote development sites, a must for global teams. We also reviewed current pipelines, a new industry-first innovation of JPOG pipelines, which leverages blockchain-like technology to enable organizations to ensure the integrity and security of all automation flows and artifacts as they progress from creation to deployment. Finally, we announced cold artifact storage currently in beta. This solution enables organizations to save costs and improve performance by archiving artifacts that need to be easily stored and rapidly rehydrated to meet regulatory requirements or corporate policy. Overall, this is the most significant set of product enhancements and innovations delivered since the introduction of our unified platform, all driving us closer towards our liquid software vision of powering all software updates. To help drive this vision forward, we have made an important addition to the leadership team with the hiring of a new Executive Vice President of Product and Engineering, Sagi Zudai. With 25 years of global experience in managing technology and product development, Sagi joined JPOG after nine successful years as the CTO of Vonage, where he led a global tech force of the company, spearheaded the movement to cloud products, and supported over $1 billion in revenue. We look forward to leveling up JFROG's products and engineering as we expand globally. With its recent organizational changes, the streamlined subscription delivered in the first half of 2021, the product innovation, the inorganic accelerator, and the growth we see with our strategic team, we anticipate acceleration in the business in the second half of 2021. With that, I would like to turn the call over to Jacob Schulman, JFROG's CFO, who is also celebrating his birthday today, Mazel Tov Jacob. Please take it from here to look more deeply at the Q2 Financial. Thank you, Shlomi, and good afternoon, everyone. I will start with a brief overview of our second quarter financial results and provide our outlook for Q3 and the full year of 2021. As a reminder, Please note that all numbers referenced in my remarks are on a non-GAAP basis, unless otherwise stated. A reconciliation to comparable GAAP measures can be found in today's earnings release, which is available on our website and as an exhibit to the Form 8K furnished to the SEC. Now let's turn to our financial results. We had expected Q2 to be the most difficult quarter of the year, and we encouraged it came in line with our expectations. Total revenues for the three months ended June 30, 2021, were $48.7 million, up 34% year over year. Self-managed revenues, also often called on-prem, 
were $37.2 million, up 30%. Cloud revenues again grew faster, up 47%, to $11.5 million, or 24% of total revenues, compared to 21% of total revenues in Q2 of last year. Net dollar retention for the trading for quarters was 129%. Note that this metric reflects the four quarters since the onset of the COVID pandemic, which saw pressure on customer expansions. We continue to expect this metric to stabilize around 130% for the balance of the year. As a reminder, effective April 1st, we implemented some subscription changes and price increases for certain subscriptions. Let me quickly review the terms again. The price increase was only for on-prem products, specifically for Pro and Pro X subscriptions. In addition, we made X-Ray mandatory for our enterprise subscription. Overall, the changes are expected to impact approximately 40% of our revenue. Customers had the option to renew early at the older pricing, so we did see approximately 40% of our bookings in Q1 associated with these early renewals. As of the quarter end, we had 415 customers with ARR of over $100,000, up from 395 customers as of March 31, 2021. Of this group, 12 customers had ARR greater than $1 million. The over 100K ads were down from the growth in Q1, reflecting the pull forward I noted above. The second quarter results are particularly encouraging as we entered the quarter with lower than typical pipeline due to the accelerated conversion pre-price increase. The team not only rebuilt the pipeline and executed on numerous transactions in the second quarter, but we also entered the third quarter with a very healthy pipeline. In general, the business environment continues to improve, which is reflected in our expectations of accelerated growth in the second half of the year. We again saw a solid growth in customers moving up the subscription stack to gain full access to the JFrog platform with the Enterprise Plus plan. In Q2, 32% of total revenue came from Enterprise Plus customers, up from 17% in Q2 of 2020. Now let's review the income statement in more detail. Gross profit in the quarter was $40.6 million, representing a gross margin of 83.4% compared to 82.8% in the year-ago period. We continue to see our SaaS gross margins improving. R&D expense for the quarter was $13.7 million, or 28% of revenue, compared to 23% of revenue in the year-ago period. We continue to invest significantly in enhancing our product offerings. Sales and marketing expenses for the quarter were $18.3 million, or 38% of revenue, compared to 34% of revenue in the year-ago period. We continue to invest in our sales teams and our free tier and trial offerings, specifically expanding our strategic team and investment into the APEC region. GNA expense for the quarter was $7.7 million, or 16% of revenue, compared to 11% of revenue in the year-ago period. Non-GAAP operating income for Q2 was $1 million, or 2% operating margin, compared to $5 million, or 13.7% operating margin in the year-ago period. We continue to balance investments in growing the business 
and leveraging the opportunity in front of JFROC with profitability. Non-GAAP net income in the quarter was $900,000 or one cent per diluted share based on approximately 102.8 million weighted average diluted shares outstanding. Turning to the balance sheet and cash flow, we ended the quarter with $615 million in cash and short-term investments. Note the cash balance does not reflect the acquisition of Vidu as the deal closed after the quarter ends. Cash flow from operations was a record $19.2 million in the quarter. After taking into consideration CapEx, free cash flow was also a record $18 million. We are pleased that despite the significant investment in growing the business and planning for the future, we continue to generate significant free cash flow. Before we discuss guidance, let me take a minute to review the terms of the video acquisition and the impact on the balance of the year. The total consideration was approximately $287 million, comprising of approximately $200 million in cash, net of cash acquired, and 1.9 million shares of the company's ordinary shares. As discussed, Vidu does not generate material revenues as it just had begun building its go-to-market strategy prior to the acquisition. We expect an increase in OPEX, primarily in R&D and S&M, as we integrate the business and expand our security product pipeline with a lesser impact on GNA. For Q3, we expect Vidu to contribute approximately $4.3 million in OPEX and approximately $5 million in OPEX in Q4. These changes are reflected in our guidance. For Q3, we expect revenue of $52 million to $53 million with non-GAAP operating loss of $2.6 million to $3.6 million and non-GAAP loss per share of $0.03 to $0.04, assuming a share count of approximately 96 million shares. At the midpoint of the guidance, we expect growth of approximately 35%. For the full year, we are raising the low end of the guidance and increasing the high end. We now expect revenue of $202 million to $205 million, up from $198 million to $204 million. Non-GAAP operating loss is expected to be between $4 million and $5 million, and non-GAAP loss per share of $0.04 cents to $0.05, cents, assuming a share count of approximately 95 million shares. At the midpoint, revenue growth is approximately 35%. Now let me turn the call back to Shlomi for some closing remarks before we take your questions. Thank you, Jacob. We invested a lot in the past few quarters, and I'm happy to see the fruits of our labor coming in. We believe JPOG offers superior DevOps and DevSecOps technology to the world, and our team stands ready to step into the second half stronger on all frontiers to meet our goals. I would like to send a special welcome to the Vidu team. We look forward to continued success together. Thanks for your attendance and may the frog be with us all. Now, we are happy to take your questions. Thank you. If you have a question, please press star then one on your touchtone phone. If you wish to be removed from the queue, please press the pound sign or the hash key. If you're using a speakerphone, you may need to pick up the handset first before pressing the numbers. Once again, if you have a question, please press star then one on your touchtone phone.
And our first question comes from Sterling Audi from J.P. Morgan. Please go ahead. Yeah, thanks. Hi, guys. First of all, happy birthday, Jacob. Thanks for sharing your special day with us all. Uh, and on to, to questions. I'd like to, to know a little bit more um, about you would mentioned kind of the go-to-market with the cloud platforms, AWS, et cetera. What specifically are they doing on their side to get you in front of prospective customers, and how do you think that's going to contribute to the acceleration in the back half? Yes. Hi, Sterling. Uh, great to hear back from you. Uh, I'll start, and Jacob, feel free to chime in. Uh, obviously, uh, Sterling, we started to build the relationship with uh, all the cloud providers uh, in, in parallel as we provide a multi-cloud multi solution. Part of uh, what we are doing is not just to uh, make sure the JFrog solution is present on the marketplace, but also collaborating on a co-selling and co-marketing level with the, with the enterprise team of uh, AWS, Google Cloud, and uh, Microsoft Azure. The way it uh, addresses our customers, our joint customers or prospects, is that uh, with the cloud contract that all of them have, uh, the, the cloud providers and the cloud enterprise sales team can come with other benefits uh, to the customers, which makes the joint solution and the holistic solution uh, more appealing, not just from cost point of view, but also different benefit point of view, including premium support and, and other, and other benefits that they can offer as the cloud provider. Obviously, this is a win-win situation uh, because they generate more traffic on the cloud. We provide more DevOps and DevSecOps value, and the customers enjoy uh, a, a different uh, terms and different conditions of, uh, of the usage. Yeah, and if I may add to that, that uh, obviously it also uh, kind of streamlines the purchasing process. It removes the administrative headache and hurdles from the process. Got it. Makes sense. And then one follow-up. You had talked about customers looking to consolidate, you know, in terms of some of their cloud usage and that you were looking to, you know, uh, negotiate new deals. Can you help us understand, you know, what part of the business, how big of an impact is that, and what is the pricing structure that they're looking to move towards? Yes, uh, well, that's a good question because what we see now uh, at the end of uh, the four quarters into the pandemic is that customers are looking to optimize subscriptions. By the way, not only cloud. They are looking to optimize subscriptions and especially hosting costs. So uh, what they, they are looking at is obviously usage in the cloud, uh, data transfer and data storage. And they are trying to understand what it means to scale with a full, full platform and not just a, a registry or just a security solution. So uh, currently we have in pipe some, some big opportunities, uh, joint opportunities. Some of them are joint opportunities together with the cloud providers, and some of them started uh, on, on the JFrog uh, free deal solution. Uh, and what we expect to see is that these deals will come in in the future quarter. Understood. Thank you. And our next question comes from Jack Andrews from Meathan. Please go ahead. Well, good afternoon. Uh, thanks for taking my question. Um, you know, Shlomi, 
appreciate your the context by which you walk through all the innovations that you talk about at Swamp Up. Could you maybe frame for us just how how we should think about the you know the monetization and the potential uplift to uh, ARR from from some of these features? Yes. Uh, well, Jack, the, the the idea of of adding more and more innovation into the platform is very much aligned with our vision. What what we are trying to fulfill? We are trying to make sure that the binary lifecycle, the full binary orchestration, is covered by JFOG platform. Therefore, when you look at uh, uh, at the pain that the market uh, uh, kind of showing uh, or the demand that we hear for the market is about global team distributed team, remote work, and how do I get uh, binaries fast and secure to the edge. Therefore, the first thing that we have released is the federated repository. That's an enhancement of Artifactory, which will help teams all over the world to look at the same repository, no matter whether you are in China or Europe or North America. You will wake up on Monday morning and you will develop against the same repository. The second thing is once it's ready, how do you get it distributed? And that's beyond your just DevOps lifecycle. How do you get it distributed to the edge? And that, that means that JPOG distribution can cover this uh, aspect, distributing release bundles from, from one to many edges. JPOG pipeline with the signed pipeline is actually answering the holistic security that we are talking about across the platform. What comes into the pipeline gets out on the deployment uh, on the deployment side. Now, onto the ARR question you've mentioned. Uh, this all is part of our platform. Some of the features are, are advancing artifactory solution, other security solution, and some CI/CD. When we look at the distribution, obviously this will be by consumption. As you dis distribute more. Um, the ARR, the ARR growth will, will be impacted. Uh, federated repository is about the enlarger of, uh, of the team, of the topology, multi-site topology, and then ARR will grow by team, by project, and by location. And when you look at the security enhancement, this, uh, will upgrade to subscription that includes the JPOC security from the ProX and above in the self-hosted solution, and obviously more usage when it comes to the cloud. Really appreciate that, that color. Thanks, Stormy. And just as a quick follow-up, um, can I ask about uh, just any um, color you can share in terms of, uh, you know, new leads and new logos coming from your uh, your feet free tier? Are there any characteristics in terms of just uh, metrics that you're able to, to share with us in terms of the traction you're getting there? Absolutely. The free tier is an amazing journey for JFrog because uh, aside from the fact that it's top of funnel tool, it's also an amazing tool to communicate with the, with the community. We, we were built by the community and for the community and therefore all the uh, feedback that we are getting are immediately injected into what we call the optimization of the free tier. Now when you look at the free tier and not just JFrog, any kind of free tier in the cloud, you will, you will divide it to three, three different blocks. Block number one, how many new users are coming visiting this offer? Block number two, how many of them will activate, not just visit and learn about it, but also really activate and use it for free for now. 
And then block number three is how many of them will use more above their quota and will be converted to paying users. What we see now as we conclude the three quarters with the free tier out is that the top of funnel, we see more and more traction coming to the free tier. Um, by the way, on all cloud, on Google Cloud, AWS, and Microsoft Azure, we see more activation as we optimize the onboarding process. And activation means not just Artifactory. We start to see users using more than just one single product. And we also see an improvement in the number of uh, conversions. Obviously, we will work uh, hard in the next uh, future, and this is an ongoing, never-ended investment that we will do to have a joyful experience to all of uh, the community. Well, if I may add to it, if I may add to it, one one sorry last sentence: the uh, the idea of free tier is also super powerful because even if a prospect is not yet paying, but using your DevOps platform, it means that they are not using the competitor's one. And for that, we are also grateful and looking forward to, to convert them to become paying enterprise users. Well, thank you. Re really appreciate the, the commentary on that. And our next question comes from Kinsley Crane for, from Berenberg. Please go ahead. Hi, and thanks for taking my question. So, so first, it seems like cloud revenue, you know, despite the headwinds we're talking about, did pretty well, growing at 47%. But I uh, just want to kind of dig into it more. So when you talk about the dynamics of customers consolidating, is that a case where they're pairing back their underlying usage of a public cloud, or is it, you know, directly reducing the usage of JFrog itself? Yes, so what, what we see in the market is that uh, the, the cloud adoption at the beginning of the pandemic was, was impressive. Let's call it impressive. We, we saw numbers that we were very happy about. People started to demand more and to, have, to add more regions, and not just usage, but more regions uh, and more deployment environment, provision JPOC solution in different places on different clouds. Currently, what we see is that the majority of the enterprise is looking on a multi-site topology, sorry, multi-cloud topology, and they would like to optimize their subscription, not just with JPOC, but also with the AWS, Microsoft, and, and Google Cloud. Currently, as we are thinking about other cloud to expand, maybe uh, even more in APAC. The second thing that we see is that usage is being reviewed. Hosting expenses, especially if you offer a hybrid solution, are, are being uh, uh, observed and reviewed, and agreements are being uh, uh, renewed. We see a very high retention rate. On the other hand, every time that we have a renewal point, it comes with an upgrade in terms of usage, and the, the organizations that are renewing the subscriptions are looking for more value uh, coming from JFrog. We didn't see a lot of churn from, from JFrog into the public cloud, mainly because of the fact that we are also collaborating with them, as I mentioned before, on a co-selling and co-marketing uh, level. Uh, but sometimes if you just need a simple repository and you don't need the full platform, or if you just need uh, uh, one team to easy onboard on a registry, it might be a good solution for you. That's not what JFrog is aiming to. Okay, that makes perfect sense. And then so the follow-up there would be, you know, sometimes we see pairbacks and consumption on a quarter 
bi-quarter basis. And, you know, so do you think this is a recurring, you know, structural trend that you're seeing, or is this sort of just something in Q2? Well, Q2, as expected and as we reported, was, uh, was a, a different quarter for us. So if you remember, in Q1, we reported um, the change that we've done on the on-prem self-hosted uh, pricing. We changed the subscription. We invested a lot. In Q2, we also invested a lot in R&D and released um, um, all types of innovations that we discussed in the past. So Q2 is not surprising for us. But we know that in order to set the stage for the second half of the year, we had to do these changes and we had to do uh, um, the, those modifications, not only in the product, but only also in the subscription. So we believe that in, in the next two quarters, uh, in the second half of the year, we will see it climb back again. Okay, perfect. And yeah, I mean, I thought that the, the number was good for Sol anyway, so growing at 47%. So thanks again. Thank you. Our next question comes from Sanji Singh from Morgan Stanley. Please go ahead. Hi, everyone. This is Calvin on for Sanjit. Thank you for taking my questions. Um, so it sounds like Vidu won't be contributing to 3Q and FY21 revenue guides. Um, how should we start thinking about kind of the timeline for sales integration, joint selling between the sales orgs, and, and some sort of kind of revenue contribution on ramp, either later this year um, or next year. And then when should we kind of um, kind of see those revenues start turning on? Yes. Well, obviously, I'm super excited to take this uh, this question. We are um, all all folks are excited about the the viewers uh, joining the swamp. Um, as we reported, Vidu comes with an amazing, amazing technology um, and a great team of security experts that joined the, the swamp. And uh, that's globally, not just uh, on the R&D team or just in Israel. Uh, but they didn't, they didn't bring uh, a, a material ARR numbers to, uh, as they just started to ramp up their sales and marketing uh, processes. But what happened since uh, we joined them, we just uh, uh, announced the deal close on uh, July 19. What happened since then is, is the ground-shaking news in the world of security. These guys already started to scan, as I reported, the public repositories of all binaries. For example, in the Python public repository, they found vulnerabilities um, that can expose your credit card numbers. It's not just anymore about developers. It, it's for all software consumers, for all people uh, in the world that are impacted by it. So if you ask me if we will have an immediate impact, the answer is yes, because our security tools are now um, enhanced and enforced by a very professional team with a very strong technology that slowly will start to be embedded into uh, our solution in the JPOC platform. And the second thing is that we are now addressing not just the DevSecOps market, but also product security, security engineers, CISOs of the world, people that uh, are speaking security for, for breakfast, and, and this is something that uh, kind of developed another muscle in uh, JPOC. So in terms of technology, Milestone 1 will probably be somewhere at the end of the year and will be added to our capabilities in the platform. 
and we are expecting to see a full integration with the Vidu technologies into the JPOC platform during 2022. The pipeline is already uh, fueled by their knowledge and by their expertise, and their strategic team, which is a different aspect, joined our strategic team and enlarged it significantly worldwide, so we expect to see an impact there as well. Got it. Thank you for, for all the added color. Um, can you also tell us uh, a little bit more about about the um, about the account sales team? I know you guys paused it um, previously, and it, you know, is, have you guys started to build that back out? Um, and if so, you know, how has hiring been? You mean the strategic team? Yes. Yes, so um, we started to build this team, um, I think, somewhere a quarter prior to the pandemic, and we invested in building a hybrid funnel, not just a bottom-up inside inbound sales as we used to do, as we build JSOC from, but also to have uh, a top-down model coming from the CIO, CISO, CTO, VP R&D down in order to adopt the platform. Now, this goes hand-in-hand hand with, with the technology we offer, right? You cannot come to a CISO and offer a repository. You offer a full solution, and we, we needed to, to make sure that what we have is big enough in order to go from the top down. So we built the team alongside the technology, and the team grew up to be a, a very um, efficient team, as you can see in the Q2 numbers and some of the deals that we reported over a million dollars were generated by the strategic team. With the acquisition of Vidu, we more than doubled this team, and when I'm saying double, it's not just sales reps, it's also about uh, um, the solution engineers, it's also about the field marketing, it's also including the premium support, and obviously expertise in the domain of uh, security. So this team is growing significantly. The model uh, of top-down with the bottom-up, a hybrid funnel, also works uh, great, and we see it already in the pipeline numbers for the uh, for the Q3 uh, and Q4. Got it. Thank you very much. And our next question comes from Koji Aketa from Bank of America. Please go ahead. Hey, Shalomi. Hey, Jacob. Thanks for uh, taking my questions. Um, just another question here on the. Uh, the cloud, the cloud contracts during the quarter. I was wondering if you could revisit that uh, for a second here. You know, what was the effect, you know, quantitatively to Q2, if there was any, and uh, how much of a consideration, you know, were those revised cloud contracts uh, playing into the full year guide? Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, Koji, uh, uh, the impact of uh, of this on on uh, Q2 re cloud revenue was. Uh, you know, slightly below million dollar, so in 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 the high hundred thousand. Uh, in terms of uh, outlook for uh, that we provided for the rest of the year, it, it really uh, we believe that uh, even with current cloud growth rates, we could uh, achieve those uh, we could achieve those numbers. Uh, the the uh, reacceleration in the cloud will be a bonus for that. Got it, got it. And then just just one follow-up here, another question on VDU. You know, I know, you, I know you've mentioned multiple times it's not supposed to have a material impact to growth for 2021. Uh, but just just want to be absolutely clear here, is there any contribution 
at all from VDU in the 2021 guidance? And I just want to be really, really clear on that. Uh, very, very small. It's probably uh, just the low hundreds of thousand uh, dollars. It's very small. Got it. Got it. Okay. And then, and then just last one for me. Um, so NRR down a point, but in the, in the prepared remarks, you know, you said you're feeling pretty good about it from reaching a stabilization point. I mean, is there anything or what, what would be a potential driver here thinking about, you know, the next few quarters that could actually cause the NRR trend to go lower from here? You know, just thinking about the cloud contracts or, or anything like that. What, what could cause that NRR to, to go down further from here? Yeah, so uh, to remind you, we, we report in our nettle retention on trillion of quarters, and what we've seen is that uh, on a standalone basis, Q2 was actually better than Q1 and better than Q4. So we see positive trend. Obviously, we're still carrying some numbers from uh, pandemic, which were lower. Um, what could go wrong there? Would, uh, we believe we'll continue to improve our standalone uh uh, net lower retention rates on a quarterly basis, and, and that's why we, we believe that we could get back to one day. Got it, got it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for taking my questions. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And happy birthday, Jacob. Thank you. And our next question comes from Jason Adder from William Blair. Please go ahead. Yeah, thank you. Hey, guys. Um, one, one quick one for Jacob. Uh, Jacob, what is the head count now after VDU, and how many um, heads did you add with VDU? We added around 80 people with VDU, and our overall head count uh, with, with VDU is around uh, 900. 900. Okay, great. And Shlomi, um, my question for you is what do you see as the biggest challenges over the next 12 months or so? For the company at this point, you've done a, you've made some big investments. Uh, you made a your your first let's call it a pretty sizable acquisition. Um, you're building out your strategic sales teams and your partnerships. What do you see, kind of, as you look at the landscape? What are the biggest challenges for the companies for the company? Yes, Jason. Thank you for this question. Uh, well, obviously, we we are after a very big market. Uh, what what we see is, is more. It's beyond uh, being the best DevOps company or being the the best binary uh, manager solution. Uh, we are looking at the the software updates of all the world. Now, we 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 all agree that there will be more software and software need to be updated. Updates can only happen with binaries. But in order to complete this full full um, uh, life cycle uh, of binaries management, we need to invest more in the uh, deployment, in the distribution, um, in the device management, and everything that has to do with DevOps for IoT. So you should expect to see more investment toward this uh, direction as well. What it means is that we are replacing, again, homegrown solution in-house development, something that the company built 20, 25 years ago over a CDN, and that requires education and patience. And that would be probably a challenge that we will have to overcome. We invest also a lot in developers, advocate, we invest a lot in marketing. You see JPOG everywhere. You see the, the excitement around the innovation that we released, but the market is still being educated with what we released. We saw it with Artifactory, when we introduced the world with the binary repository concept, 
then with X-ray, when we introduced the world with the composition analysis security, and now with distribution and a full binary management uh, level. That's very new to the market and mainly replaces something that you build your own um, over other tools uh, that you integrated into your solution. So I think that the education and the adoption uh, will take time, but once it will happen, it will explode. All right, very helpful. Thank you. Our next question comes from Brad Rebeck from Stiefel. Please go ahead. Great. Thanks very much. Uh, I'm not sure if it's for Shlomi or Jacob, but as you think about the back half pipeline that you talked about uh, is, is up meaningfully after this law on 2Q, is the composition of the pipeline different? So is it heavily, more heavily slanted towards SAS? And if it is, does that have any impact to the P&L going forward? Yeah, I'll start, and Jacob obviously can add more colors into it. Uh, what we see in the pipeline is, is a bit different than what we saw in the past. Obviously, uh, if we compare it to uh, past quarters, it's, it's a bigger size of a pipeline. JFOG is growing. We just mentioned that we are about to cross a milestones of $50 million in revenues in the next quarter, and we are very excited about it, but it's also supported in the pipeline numbers. Now, the composition of the pipeline is also very interesting because for the first time, we start to see uh, the fruit of the strategic team label. We start to see accounts that, uh, although taking longer, are aiming to a much higher adoption of, uh, of the JFOG solution. We start to see uh, more and more co-selling with the enterprise cloud providers, um, and we are talking about six-digit uh, contracts with, uh, with these uh, customers, sometimes prospects. Um, we see adoption of new products. Uh, we just reported that this quarter we, we, um, we won the biggest X-ray uh, PO ever uh, with a big uh, financial uh, institute. Um, this is something that we didn't see in the past. As you remember, most of our uh, foot-in-the-door moves were through Artifactory and now X-ray became uh, a significant player. Um, we also see the excitement around the PDN that we announced in Q2 uh, because it's a real pain. Everybody, everybody, put aside JFOG, everybody will need uh, distribution for binaries and the market start to adopt it. So the composition is not just about technology and different tools, it's also about the structure that our CRO built with the strategic team uh, that bring different type of, uh, of POs. Um, I think that uh, it took us longer to build this pipe because of the type of these uh, deals, but uh, we are very um, excited and stand ready to, uh, to convert and to fulfill it. That's great. Thank you very much. And our next question comes from Rob Owens from Piper Sandlin. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Ben Schmidt. I'm for Rob. Thanks for taking my questions. Um, on the uh, on the Vidu acquisition, just wondering if you guys can shed some light on uh, how much the, you sh we should expect the TAM to be expanded uh, by this acquisition once the functionality is integrated. Yes. So it really depends what you call the TAM, because if you just look at the DevSecOps market, obviously it's included in the uh, DevOps and DevSecOps. Uh, some would say 
above 20 billion and uh, uh, one of the analysts on this call said above 50 billion in, in the latest report. But this is part of the DevSecOps. This is exciting, but not exciting enough for us. When we are looking at securities for binaries, we are looking about the, the market of uh, devices, device management. How can I secure the binary that you actually deploy on your iPhone or in your Tesla? And this is a much larger market. Uh, we are looking at billions of devices that can be secured uh, while software is being updated over the air. We spoke about it at the very early beginning in the roadshow before we even went public. That's part of our vision, and this market is, uh, by order of magnitude, uh, bigger than just DevOps and DevSecOps. And Vidu, by the way, sorry, uh, just to connect the dots, Vidu developed one product that supports the DevSecOps and the developers, and another product that supports the device and the security uh, around the devices. Okay, got it. That's helpful. And uh, given the puts and takes on uh, the SaaS the growth this quarter, uh, ha has this changed your guys' outlook for SaaS growth uh, in the, the, the medium to longer term? No, it does not change our outlook for SaaS growth. Okay, got it. Thank you. And we have no further questions at this time. I will now turn it over to Shlomi Benheim. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining uh, the call today. We are very excited about you, too. We are excited about the inorganic growth, about the organic growth, about the innovation, and we are very determined to fulfill our vision and becoming the company behind all software updates. I thank you for this call, and may the frog be with you. Thank you very much. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This concludes today's conference. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect. Thank you.